0: Welcome to Renovate, the young adult ministry of Christ Chapel Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We are for all young adults. Whether you're far from God or walking close to Him, we believe that our God fully knows us and fully loves us. So instead of leaving us as He finds us, He is constantly and graciously renovating our lives so we can look more like Him. Enjoy this week's message. Man, it is a privilege to get to do ministry alongside this band and so many awesome people. And Ben, thank you for the very kind words. Um, I get to brag on Ben a little bit. He has been a mentor of mine since I have been 19 years old. So I have seen patience played out um, in the man of Ben Fuquay as he has sat with me from the time I was 19. And so and thank you, brother, for that. Um, but if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Robert Newberry. Um, and I'm part of the staff here at Renovate. We are so excited to get to meet with you guys, to come and do life together. And so it's a privilege to be with you here today. A little bit about me, I've been working at Christ Chapel in some various different roles for a couple years now. Um, But before that, I went to TCU, so go frogs. Uh, Any frogs out there? Yeah, we love it. Um, And I grew up in Austin, Texas. I defected from the clan of UT. All of my family went to UT before that, besides my brother and I. So we moved up here to Fort Worth, um, and I loved it. It was awesome. Um, and a little bit of recent life updates for me. I got married um, in January to my wife, Sarah. Um, 10 out of 10, recommend marriage. It's a great time. It's a ton of fun. Um, but it does come with a few adjustments. When you got to get, uh, get into life with another person, you start living with someone who maybe isn't used to your rhythm. uh, My wife has been having to make a lot of those adjustments. Um, I am not what you would call an easy roommate, as a couple guys in here can attest to from living with me in the past. Um, I keep, the laughs are what you're hearing are my ex-roommates, but I keep uh, weird hours. Um, I'm very much a night owl, and I only usually sleep about four to five hours a night. Um, Not out of need, just out of choice, don't know why. I can watch the same movie four to five times in a row, not in the same sitting, but like four days in a row and still enjoy it. Um, Whereas other people are like, if I hear that soundtrack to Braveheart one more time, I'm going to kill you. Um, And uh, I am, in my own generous term, very scatterbrained, or as some other people would call, messy. Um, But men in my life have for a while now loved me enough to say, hey, you need to be better about this stuff, you need to grow. And so now that I am married, there is once in a blue moon where it comes out that I am actually a competent, functioning adult. Like, I do all the things I'm supposed to. I pick up my own stuff. I do the dishes without being prompted. Um, And it's just this really crazy thing, you guys. It's awesome. It's this, like, adulting thing that they talk about. It's a ton of fun. But when I do that, uh, there's this weird phenomenon that goes on in me. I am like a kid at show and tell. Like, I want to tell everyone. Like, I will call up my best friend and be like, dude, just did the dishes. And he's like, that's weird. Why are you telling me? Like, that's a normal thing. Um, And like, I'll go and I'll shout it. Like, I'll bring it up when I'm over at a friend's house and talk about it. And I, like, I just want to be recognized for it. Like, it's been a way that I've had to struggle and I just want to be known for it. Um, And I realized that that's not just something that I do now that, you know, I'm married. Like, that is just a new window into an entire category of my life where I want the affirmation. Like I want recognition for doing the good things that I'm supposed to, because there's this benefit from it. There's this benefit that we get when we're recognized for doing good things. But I think there's a catch with it. When we get recognized for it, it builds this cycle of wanting to do it, wanting to get recognized because it feels good. And so we begin to seek it out in different ways. Like, I will begin to tell that story about how's a really good husband at parties when Sarah's standing right there. And then she's like, yeah, cool, bro. You told that like 10 times already. But I just want that recognition. And what it does in that moment with her is that it actually kind of sours that good deed that I did because I'm using it again and again and again to try and get this feeling of affirmation that I keep wanting to come back for. Um, And I think we all do it. I think at times we all tell stories to influence people and in what they think about us. We try and get affirmation based on the way that you know, we live our lives, we seek to grow our reputation or our status by regaling all of our best moments and tell that story because we just continually want that affirmation of, yeah, you're doing a good job. And I think we even do it in, uh, in our spiritual life too. Does it count? If you went on mission trip, if you didn't Instagram yourself holding a really cute baby or the building that you just built, it doesn't because we want to be recognized for it. Like if you want to think of the, even the extreme examples, you can go on YouTube and find videos of guys who are literally recording themselves going to give like a homeless person in an apartment and they're just sitting there like, oh, it's so, it's so good. It's, so, it's such a good thing to be selfless and give. And it's like, yeah, real cool, bro. You just you know, got a million likes on YouTube for that thing. So yeah, it's real selfless. But we just have this constant cycle of wanting to get that affirmation. So we have to keep putting ourselves on this pedestal. We have to keep putting our best foot forward and we begin to try and strategize, not about what we wanna do or what good we do, but how to get recognized for it. And I think the hard part about that is that In the world that we live in, there's so many different things that you can pay attention to. You gotta keep growing. You gotta keep getting bigger. And you have to keep continually trying to find new ways. And it just becomes this exhausting thing of you can't live your life anymore. You have to plan out ways to be noticed for the good that you do. And I don't think that's the way that we're supposed to live. I think there's something wrong with having to figure out and plan and strategize how to be recognized for what you're doing. And so turn with me in Matthew 6, if you have your Bibles with you, and we're going to look at how Jesus redefines what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live out. And as we walk through this month in Scripture, um, you're going to notice a trend. You're going to notice a trend that as we are called to live out, if you are in Christ, as we are called to live out our righteousness, it matters the motives behind how we do that. It matters why we do it. And so we're gonna figure that out. So look with me in Matthew 6. It says, Matthew 6, one, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret may reward you. So a couple things to take note of here as we're unpacking this, as we're diving through it. The first is we are called to live out our righteousness. We are called in Matthew five sixteen. If you've been walking with us through this whole series, you remember that Jesus says that we're supposed to let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we're called to live it out. But I think what he's doing here is giving us two ways that we can live it out. And the first is in order to be seen by men. That's Matthew 6.1, 6, where he says that they were doing their righteousness in order to be seen by others. And the second is in order to be seen by God. Both are called to live it out. Both have the same actions on the outside, but the difference is the why. The importance is the motivation behind the practice. Both have a reward. They both have the same actions and they both have a reward. But one, the critique here that Jesus is trying to get at is that I think our natural tendency is to seek out man's reward, to seek out to be recognized by man. And we'll go into why a little bit later. But I think the main idea behind that, the big thing that we have as a problem leading into that is that we have a problem with what or who we value. Let me say that again. We have a problem with what or who we value. If there is an economy of doing good, just go with me in this analogy. If there's a give to get, like you do good so you're recognized for it, so you get this opportunity to be seen and then recognized and respected for it, we get a value out of being seen. So we look to others for validation and recognition. And what he's saying here is we don't look to God because I think the problem behind that is we overvalue our view of man. We overvalue what it is to be seen by man in the moment. We overvalue what it is to be recognized by our friends, by our peers, by whoever. I overvalue what my best friend thinks of me as a husband in that moment. So I go to them. And we don't go to the one source that we should, which is God. And I think that's because we don't have a big enough view of who our God is and what he wants to do for us. We don't rightly see our God and who he is to us in relation to us in a way that makes us wanna turn to him. Like I admit my first inclination whenever I crush it as a man, as a friend, as a guy, is I want to thank you from the person right back. My first thought as a Christian isn't, man, I hope my God sees me. I think there's a problem with that. Jesus is telling us that there's a problem with that here. So what do we do? How do we grow our appreciation for God in a way that changes us from seeking validation in people to seeking our reward in him? I think it's two things. I think the first of which, reason number one, is we need to look to what he has already done. We need to look to what he has already done. If we don't value what God is going to do, where it says in Matthew 6, 4, he who sees in secret, our God will reward you. If we don't value the reward of God, if that doesn't make us wanna instantly run to him, I think that's because we haven't spent enough time reminding, reminding ourselves of what he has already done. And I think there can be a couple camps that you fall into as the reasons to why that we don't value what God has already done. First of which is you never thought you were really that bad. Like if you were in Christ, you were a saved Christian, you were a person who professes that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but that doesn't give you enough motivation to wanna go out and serve him and do everything for him. It might be because, you know what? You come to church, you know what you're doing. You know, like, Yeah, like I do the church thing. But at the end of the day, you never really thought you were that bad. Jesus was a guy who came and like helped you get, give you the final nudge rather than was the main hero of your story. But I think the reality of scripture is, is that there is no story for any of us where Jesus is not the hero. There is no story where he isn't the one who saves us from death to life. And we're gonna look at that in a moment. But the other camp that you could be in is... You never trusted Jesus. You never put your faith in him. And so when you hear about what Jesus has already done and when you hear about God's reward, that doesn't sound good to you because the God that you've known has never been a God who you wanna spend time with, let alone seek his reward over your friends or people around you or anyone that may come into your path because that God hasn't been the God that you would run to. And if that's you in this room, man, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here because I believe that our God wants to meet you tonight and he wants to show you who he really is because the God that we know, the God, if you were in Christ, the God that we know is an incredible God. I'm gonna read a couple verses for us and we're gonna go through them and I'm gonna show you just what that means that our God has done abundantly enough for us to do like for us to live our entire lives for him. The first place that we're gonna go is Romans 5.8. Um, and I'm gonna go pretty quick here. So if you're turning in your Bibles and you can keep up, kudos. But if not, you can just listen along. Um, And it says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And what that means is that when we were far off, when we were off on our own, when we were lost, when we were broken, when we were floundering out there, when we had no hope, our God saw us in that moment and out of his love for us, he said, no, I'm gonna come down here and I'm gonna know you. And not just that, I'm gonna give you my righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 is the next place we're going and it should be up on the screen this time. And it says, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin." so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, and for those of us who are in Christ, that would be enough. Like if we were talking about how you're gonna live out this Christian life, if we were talking about motivation, and all you knew is that your God said, I am going to take your place, and I'm gonna give you my righteousness, and said, that would be enough. Because for me as a man, I struggle each and every day with wondering if I'm doing the right thing, with wondering if I'm gonna measure up, with wondering if I'm gonna live. But the gospel of Jesus Christ means that I no longer have to wonder because my God came and stepped in, in my brokenness, in my filth, in the fact that I can't live up to being the man that I am, let alone a husband, let alone a friend, let alone work and do everything that I'm called to do. I couldn't even just manage myself. My God stepped in in that moment and he said, I love you, you're my son, I'm gonna take care of you. And we need to dwell on that as believers because we're so prone to forget. We're so quick to move to other things because it's not right in front of us all the time because we wanna forget the fact that we're not so great and so we wanna move on from that. But if we would just sit, if we would just sit in the fact of how good our God was to meet us in the brokenness, to meet me, a man who still has to this day continually confess to brothers to walk out of lust, envy, pride, anger. We would just sit and recognize that his love for us means that no matter what you've got going on, that he loves you and he will never leave you. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his son not only just to live among us, not only to dwell here, but to take on our very punishment, to die the death that we deserved. And then instead of leaving us there, instead of just keeping us at status quo, he says, no, 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 you're gonna be mine. I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna cherish you. You're gonna be my son or my daughter. And I will hold you, I will keep you, I will protect you. I will watch over you, you are mine. No one takes you from me. Don't worry about shame, don't worry about fear. I've bought all that. That's who our God is. And that's what we need to sit and focus on long enough so that we can be overwhelmed by the goodness that he's already given us. So that we can sit and we can fix our eyes on him and we are so infatuated with what we have seen by how good that our God is that we don't wanna run anywhere else. So that when it comes to how do we live this out, we say, no, 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 I wanna go to him who's always been good to me. I wanna seek out him who loves me, who gave his son for me, who did not spare his own son so that I might be loved. We need to focus on what he's already done. And we need to remind ourselves of it daily. And that's good. But then moving forward, our God is good enough to not just leave us in what he's already done, but he wants to do more. So our point number two is pursue the greatest reward. Going back to Matthew six, one through four, there are two rewards. One is a reward of man and the other is God's reward. And if I'm honest, I'm really prone to seek out man's reward for one reason. I love instant gratification, you guys. Amazon Prime is my best friend. It is fascinating to me. I'm a tech nerd, so it is fascinating to me that I can click on a picture online and it will show up on my doorstep that day. A billion billion, trillion dollar company, whatever it is, can get the supply chain right to where I can click on something. They can go track it down in a store. They can bring it back to their warehouse, package it up and then ship it to me. Like that blows my mind. And so for me, seeking the greatest reward is hard because I'm all about the here and now. I'm all about what can you do for me right now? Because right now, my best friend telling me that I'm doing a really good job seems really sweet. Right now, being recognized for doing a great job here tonight seems really great. And so I have to struggle, I have to wrestle with that. But I think what we need as Christians, what we need as those in Christ is to think of ourselves in this economy of give to get, give the good To get recognition, we need to think of ourselves as good investors. What I mean by that is we need to think of the ultimate value of what we're seeking out. And if we wanna seek out that ultimate value, we've got people who are fickle. We've got a culture that is constantly changing, ever fluctuating. We've got a God who created the universe who said, I love you. And we choose between those two rewards. And it seems crazy to me to even compare the two. But if I'm honest, man, I wanna seek after, I wanna seek after man. I wanna seek after this counterfeit, you know, whatever it is, get the quick affirmation, get the quick pat on the back, get the quick, rec- quick recognition because it's like, oh, good job, great. Yeah, we really appreciate that. We really, you know, you're really doing a good job. Man, I want that. But I think what we need to do is we need to focus on exchanging that counterfeit, whatever it is, wherever you're going for that. And we need to focus it on Jesus. We need to focus it on Christ and what he's doing. Because I think when we have the vision to run after our father's affection, all of our opportunities to do good change from this manipulation the strategy of trying to figure out like, oh, hey, how am I gonna get recognized for this? Do I need to post my Instagram at like five or six o'clock when everyone's off work and when they can finally like check their Insta and see it? Or, you know, do I need to wait until the next morning so it's the first thing on people's page? We go from that to knowing that whatever we're doing, our God sees us. We need to fight for a vision where whenever you have an opportunity to pour out, whenever you have an opportunity to live out what you're called to, you know in the back of your mind that your God says, I see you. In the hard sacrifice of giving, of sacrificing your money, your time, whatever it might be, your God's saying, I see you. I know it's hard, but I'm proud of you because that's what it says. Our God says there's a real tangible reward for us living this out from him. The same God who didn't give up his own son says now that he wants to reward us for the way that we're living it out. Yeah, we need to fight for that. We need to be Christians who would desire that, who would seek that out. And there's a quote by C.S. Lewis, if you know him. um, Really awesome guy. Um, It's not gonna be on the screen, so you can just listen along uh, for it. But it sums up where we need to place, what we need to do with our desires. It says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with the things of this world when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Yeah, and what this means is... We can go back to my story use that as an example with Sarah of if I would have just focused on doing something for my wife, if I would have just focused on living that out for her and really being a good husband and then waiting for her reward, it wouldn't be this cheap you know, pat on the back from a friend that was kind of weird and kind of awkward. It would be this really great thing where she would be really thankful and really happy that I'd be living, living that out and trying to be a good husband to her. We need to focus, we need to have a desire to focus on our God's reward and what he thinks of us rather than what's here and right now in front in this world. So we've got those two things. And, I, and I'm hearing you like, all right, Robert, like we're living out those two things. We're looking to what he's already done. We've sat and focused on what our God has done to bring us from death to life. And then we know his promises for us. We're seeking Him out. How do I know? if I'm not gonna go astray? How do I know if I'm not, you know, if my heart is realigned to focus on God's reward versus the world's? And I think it's that we give like we are called to. Matthew 6, one through four gives us an opportunity, a way to live out our giving, a way to live out being generous. And I think we can use it as kind of a litmus test, a way to check ourselves on if we are living this out in the proper way. Um, by asking ourselves three questions. So I'm gonna give you the three questions. Um, And the first one is, can we give in secret? In Matthew 6, 4, it talks about giving in secret and our father who sees in secret will reward us. Can we give in secret? Can we be generous? Can we sacrifice, give money, give time, sacrifice whatever we have and not look up and look around to see who's noticing in that moment? because we know that the one person who we really desire always does. We know that our God always sees us. So can we give in secret knowing that we're focused on the pair of eyes from our God who always sees us? Question number two, can we give instinctually? And what I mean by this is do we look for opportunities to give? Do we look for these opportunities because we have sat for so long, we have focused on God's reward to where we can't wait to get the reward. We can't wait to get more of our God. We can't wait to live out what he's calling us to because what he's done for our life is so good already. So we seek out these opportunities. We are seeking out ways to be generous, to be sacrificial, to be loving instead of trying to manage when we are. Because I think if I'm honest, there are times in my life where I, Feel like I should be generous, or I feel like I should be doing this, but it's not out of a desire to please God. Which leads me into my last question Can we give in joy? Is it our joy to do what our God calls us to? Because if it's not, it's not going to be our reward. It's not going to be our joy to get His reward. So is it our joy to follow our God? Is it our joy to live out what He's calling us to? Because if we have sat, if we have focused on what he has done and we looking at what he has already promised us, man, it should be, it should be an overflow. It should be this overflow of God, you have been so good. God, you have done abundantly more than I could ever imagine already. And you wanna give more? You wanna sacrifice more for me? I'm in. Would that be our heart? Would we be Christians who know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the surpassing worth that we already have in Christ is so good that we wanna do anything we can to live out more of his way? Would we be a people who strive, would live out our call to let our light shine before men, to go into the world, to be an ambassador for Christ? Would we do it in such a way where we're fighting for that vision to hold on of just our one-on-one with our God, knowing that we have that audience with him so that we are continually seeking out ways to live and show and be an example of just how good our God is. That's my prayer for us. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, I... I'm overwhelmed by the fact of how good you are to us. God, the fact that you called me from death to life, a sinner, a struggling man each and every day, God, that you brought me out of a pit would be enough for me to worship for you, for me to live for you for every day of my life. But you know our hearts are fickle. You know our hearts are fleeting. And so you meet us continually with grace and with the promise of a reward. God, you continually pour yourself out for us. And God, we are in awe of what you would do. So God, may you align our hearts right now. God, that as we we repent from seeking out the recognition of man, from seeking to be known and validated by others who aren't you for what you would call us to do, God, would you give us the overwhelming affirmation that you see us and that you know us and you love us. God, may we desire to be seen by you alone. And may that be enough. May that fill us up to where we don't go searching anywhere else. May we seek to be recognized and known by you. And would that be enough for us to live out every day of our life in your call. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope today's message was impactful, and God used it to be part of the transforming work He wants to do in your life. Look, our desire is that this isn't just a resource you would listen to, but that this is really a community you would belong to. If you have any further questions, you just want to talk, or need prayer, reach out to us. Our contact info is on the website, renovateftw.org, or connect with us on our social media, at RenovateFTW, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.